Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. I want to talk to you tonight for just a few moments on the subject entitled, How God Speaks to Us. How God Speaks to Us. Have you ever had this question, where is God? Last night, Donna and I were uh, at a meeting at a, uh, one of our members' homes, and, um, and we had been going all day long, and uh, Donna had been working, and I'd been doing my thing too, and, and uh, then in the evening it, it came time to go, um, uh, to go to the meeting, and so we, we went to that meeting where, by the way, they're discussing our new, our new sign. They're going to be re- redoing the sign out front. And so we're talking there, and uh, there toward the end, we got ready to leave, and Donna looked at me, and she said, I'm hungry. And I said, okay, so where, where do you want to go? So I, we went down and got some soup at Panera, and, uh, and then while we were sitting there, we got a text from Nikki. By the way, on Tuesday nights, the Discipleship Training Center meets here, and they have like a full-blown service. We have like teaching and training and stuff. They have like a full-blown like three-hour service on Tuesday nights. And... Uh, uh, Charles, the worship director, he's worship director for them also. And so uh, Nikki runs sound and she does uh, the PowerPoints and everything for them uh, on Tuesday nights. So we're sitting there at Panera and it's about 9 o'clock. We get this text from Nikki and she sent it to me and her mother, but she, but, but she addressed it to her mom. She said, Mom, I'm hungry. Donna looked at me and she said, she's, you notice she said, Mom, I'm hungry. I said, tell her to go get her own food. <laughs> I was messing with her, you know. I was messing with her. But anyways, so, uh, so we left Panera and we went across the embassy and we went over to the little Dairy Queen to get one of them little $5 boxes and um, over there off a little road. And you know how you get there, you go in and you can go behind the Walgreens and then go in there. So we go behind the Walgreens and there's this homeless man with one leg sitting in a wheelchair, just smiling and looking around by a bunch of boxes. So we're going through the drive-thru, and I, and I looked at Donna, and I said, I think we're supposed to get him something to eat. And Donna said, you know, I thought the same thing. Now, I don't do that for all of them because I just wait for the direction of the Lord on it because you don't really know who's homeless and who's an opportunist, okay? So you have to uh, rely on discernment. So we're going through there, and, and uh, so we got up to the window, and we told them, we said, just double it. Whatever, whatever we ordered for my daughter, just, just double it. And the Lord spoke to me a, a little amount of money to give him and whatnot to go along with it. And so we went back around, back behind Walgreens, and he's still sitting there, just smiling. And I pulled up to him. And I said, do you mind if I give you something to eat? I said, I bought, you, I bought some extra because I wanted to, to bring you something to eat. He said, well, that would be just fine. Thank you. And so I handed it to him, gave him the box, opened the door, got out there. He was in a wheelchair. So when you're in the kind of work that we're in, if someone's in a wheelchair, you always try to get down kind of like this because you don't want them always looking up at you. It's just not, it's not good for them psychologically. So I was down there on my knees looking up at him. And, and, I, and I said, uh, are you a veteran? And he said, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm a veteran. He said, but I don't worry about anything. I said, 
Well, okay. He said, you want to know why? I said, why? He said, because I sat right here and my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, just takes care. And he just starts witnessing to me. <laughs> Didn't he? He's witnessing to me. I mean, he's just telling me about Jesus and how good God is. and all. He didn't know I was a pastor. He didn't, I didn't say anything to him about the Lord or anything. I just asked him if I could give him something to eat. And so, so then we're going on along there and we're talking and I'm saying, Yes, sir, you're absolutely right, sir. That's right. And he said, You know, I sat here in the Lord. He said, He just brings stuff to me. He said, It's pretty easy, he said, to live down here. He said, Because God just keeps sending people like you my way. And I said, Well, praise the Lord like that. And he looked at me and I said, I'm a pastor. And he stopped and he looked at me and here's what he said to me. And God knew I needed to hear this. He said, you know, God has all the answers, don't he? Just like that, God has all the answers. God used a homeless man to minister to me. God used a homeless man to pick me up. God used a man who had lost his leg in an accident, who had served his country, whose wife and children had abandoned him. God used him to pick me up. Because frankly, I was getting to the point where I was starting to say, where is God? Have you ever been there? And right in the midst of that, all of a sudden, God just shows up you're trying to minister to someone else. You're trying to encourage someone else. You're trying to lift someone else up. And they turn around and start trying to win you to the Lord. Not even knowing you're a pastor. And they try to win you to the Lord. I was ready to just let him pray with me. I was. I was ready. I was like, yeah, I need to give my life to Jesus. Come on, tell me. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Come on now. You've been there. You've been there. So sometimes people, pe people will ask us, they'll say, well, well, where is God? And sometimes people wonder not only where is God, sometimes people wonder, is there a God? And then they ask the question, like I have asked in times past, so they ask the question, they say, well, then how come he doesn't make himself more clear? You know, how come he doesn't make himself more clearly known? And why do we think that he just has to speak to us through this antiquated book that we call the Bible? Well, first of all, let me say to you, it's very relevant. It's not that antiquated. I want to talk to you tonight. I want to just kind of contend with you tonight and tell you that God has made himself known. See, some people say, where is God? Where is God? What's he doing? What's he up to? Isaiah 55 verses 6 through 7 says this, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. God has made himself known. He has spoken to us in various ways and let me say this, he has spoken quite loudly to those of us who try to listen. So I have four ways tonight that I want to share with you that I've found, and I know there's many other ways, but there are four ways that I want to share with you to kind of get the juices going in your mind to start thinking about maybe God's speaking to me. Maybe God's speaking to me. So the first one that I want to talk to you about is that God speaks to us through creation. 
God speaks to us through creation. Go to Psalms, grab your Bible, and go to Psalms chapter 19. Psalms chapter 19, verses 1 through 4. Here's what the Word of God says. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone out through all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. In them hath He set a tabernacle for the sun. Now go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 in the New Testament, verses 19 through 20. Here's what the Bible says. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. So what would the invisible things from the creation of the world that are clearly seen be? Well, who knew the definition of light until God said, let there be light? Light had never been heard of, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Light was invisible, it did not exist, but then God spoke and there was light. Now, let me say this. This is a mind bender for you. That was the first day, right? He didn't create the sun, the moon, and the stars until the fourth day. So where did the light come from? In the book of Leviticus, the Bible said, From the brightness before him were coals of fire kindled. I think for the first four days of creation that the earth was filled with the glory of the Lord. The first four days of creation. God said, you know, he spoke about animals and he spoke about trees and he spoke about the flowers and he spoke about the grass and all of these things. Let it be. And God said, let it be, let it be, let it be. And there was nothing in the world, there was nothing anywhere that could define what it is. And when God spoke it, it came into existence. The very fact that you can get up in the morning and drive down the road and see water and trees and birds and flowers is Proof that God is existing. Now, I don't have a lot of time to talk too much more about this because I've got the other ones that I want to talk about. But there are a lot of people today, they say, well, I just don't, you know, I'm just trying to figure out. Well, who gave you the ability to figure to begin with? Where did that come from? Are you telling me, this guy was talking to me one time and he said, well, you know, there was this ball in space and all of that kind of stuff and there was an explosion and here was the earth. I said, okay, then where did the power for the explosion come from and where did space come from and where did nothing come from and, where, and all of these kinds of things. And I told him, I said, you just keep going back far enough and you run into God. You just run into God, okay? So God speaks through creation. He speaks of His glory. And He speaks of its handiwork in Psalms chapter 19. He reveals His eternal power and His divine nature in Romans chapter 1 through the intelligent design of the universe. God says, 
I exist. Through the intelligent design of the universe. So, how well do we listen to that? Psalms chapter 8 and verse number 3. Back over in the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter 8 and verse number 3. The Bible said, When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained. And we could just go on. The psalmist took time to contemplate God. He took time to think about it. He said, when I consider your heavens, when I consider the works of your hands, when I consider these things that you have ordained. Now, all of this intelligent design prompted Einstein to believe, and here's the quote, in an intelligence that produced the integrative complexity of creation. Now, here's the thing. Creation screams, I exist. That's what creation screams. Creation screams that God exists. All right? If we open our eyes and we look around the world, we will say, I believe that. I believe the fact that God exists. So God speaks to us through creation. Now, God speaks to us through His Word. God speaks to us through His Word. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17 teaches us that God's Word is designed to produce faith and trust and conviction. When you're sitting in a powerful service and the supernatural power of God is flowing and people are receiving the touch of God upon their life and some of them are getting miracles and some of them are experiencing an emotional, uh, an, an emotional experience with God where they realize they need to give their life to Christ and it's called conviction and so they come and they kneel and they give their life to Christ and, and sometimes they, not, not just necessarily an emotional thing but all of a sudden our understanding becomes enlightened and we see things that we've never seen before and we realize, you know, I might need to make a little adjustment here in my life and, or a little an adjustment there in, in our life. That's God's Word speaking to us. Especially when the Word of God is going forth and God's Word is designed to produce faith and to produce trust and to produce encouragement and to produce conviction. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17, let me read it real quick to you. Romans chapter 10 and verse number 17 says this. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So God speaks to us through his word by causing faith to come alive, by causing trust to come alive, and by causing conviction to come to us. And then another way that God speaks to us through His Word is through fulfilled prophecy. We can go into the book of Matthew chapter 24 and we can go into the book of Daniel and we can go to the book of Ezekiel and we can go to the book of Revelation and we can see how the major prophets and the minor prophets foretold outpourings of the, of, of the, the power of God. We can see how the Bible said in the last days that there would be earthquakes in diverse places and, and the waves and the sea would be roaring and we can just we can go through all of these kinds of things. All of that is proof that God exists. God is speaking to us through fulfilled prophecy. Fulfilled prophecy 
Fulfilled prophecy is designed to produce faith in God. To produce faith in God. Another way that we can experience um, God speaking to us is through, is through um, eyewitness testimonies. In the book of Acts, we can go in the book of Acts. We can go to 1 John chapter 1. We can go to, go to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1. And these are eyewitness testimonies offering evidence to believe in Jesus. And then God's word speaks to us about providence. God's word was spread to every nation and translated virtually into every single language. And this is what we call the manuscript evidence of the existence of God, which attests to its authenticity, the Bible's authenticity, as a historical document which far surpasses any other ancient document, even Socrates, Plato, Homer, etc. So through the Word of God, God speaks to us and says this, This is my beloved Son, hear Him. So God speaks to us through His Word. So we see that. We see that God speaks to us through creation. We see that God speaks to us through His Word. John chapter 20, the Bible says it was written to produce faith in Jesus. Acts chapter 17, the Bible says that we should take the time to actually read the Word of God like the Bereans did. Some people say, I was putting this together today. I told Donna today, I said, I work hours on these messages. I put them together and they're over in 30 minutes. But, but I was thinking today, I was thinking a lot of times people will come to me and they'll say, especially young ministers that's getting prepared for ministry, and they'll say, how do you study? How do you study? How do you study for a message? How do you let me let me give you the first thing you need to do? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. The Bible said here in the book of Acts that the Bereans read their Bible. Acts chapter 17 and verse number 11. So how can we know what it says if we don't ever read it? Listen, I study. I work hard. I try to give you a good word on Sunday that I feel like the Lord wants me to give you. I try to give you something on Wednesday night when I'm the one speaking on Wednesday night. And I, and I try to get it from the Lord. I don't ever, you know, just try to just go grab something. But I try to figure out what the Lord wants me to give you and all of these things. And so I, I do all of that and I work really hard at it. But what I give you on Sunday and what I give you on Wednesday is not enough to help you through the rest of the week. There comes a time when we have to take responsibility for our own spiritual walk and we actually have to pick up the Bible and we have to start reading it. And some people say to me, well, I just don't understand it. That's why I don't read it. Then pray and say, Lord, I pray that you would give me the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the knowledge of you. That's what the Bible said that we're supposed to pray. When that happens, the, you see, the Bible is a totally different book than any book you will ever read. You can read the Word of God and you can read something over and over and over and the next time you read it, you can see something you never saw before. You know what that is? That's inspiration. That's anointing. That's God speaking to you. Well, then how come God didn't tell me way back then about it? Because you probably weren't ready for it back then. So the Lord opens your eyes to the truth of it right now. But He can't open your eyes to the truth of what the Word of God says if you never Pick up your Bible and read it. So read your Bible. Read your Bible. Get that Bible.is app. 
I love that thing. Get that Bible.is app. I'll put that on a lot of times when I'm taking a shower. I just put it there on the, on the counter and I just get the Word of God going, get right in the very beginning of the day or sometimes when I'm driving down the road, I'll, I'll pull up that Bible.is app and I'll just let them read the Word of God to me as I'm, as I'm going down the road. So, so do that. So here's what David said. David said, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. Now let me give you something to think about. When David said that, he didn't have Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Daniel, Ezekiel. Come on, he didn't have that. He didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st, 2nd Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon. Shall I continue? Okay, he didn't have all that we have. But he took the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He took the Pentateuch, and he took the historical books, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 1 Kings, 1 Chronicles. He took those books, and he took the Psalms, and that he was writing himself. He took the book of Job, which, by the way, is the oldest book in the Bible. The, the fact that it's not... The first book of the Bible doesn't mean it's the, not the oldest. The oldest book of the Bible is the book of Job. So he had all of these things, and the Bible said that he hid these words in his heart Amen. that he would not sin against God. So if David could do that, being limited with what he had, and have a heart after God, and be a man after God's own heart, and be a worshiper, and walk in power, and walk in anointing, even though he was a man of war, and received direction, divine direction from the Lord, if he could do that with the limited quantity of God's Word, written Word that he had, then how much more should we be able to do that? Because we're the church. Holy men of God wrote as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. So we have the inspired Logos and then Rhema Word of God and we can read it and operate it under the unction of the Holy Spirit, which is a totally different level than what David could ever experience. So we need to read our Bibles. If we open our ears to the Word of God, we'll find all kinds of instruction. We'll see God working and speaking to us. Then the Bible teaches us that God speaks to us through the voice of His Son. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. God, listen to this, who at sundry times, that means many different times, and in divers manners, that means many different ways, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us, how? By his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world. So God speaks to us through his son, through the life of his son. God speaks through his son, Jesus. Through God, the Bible said that through Jesus, the Bible said that God was manifested fully, and that's in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse number 3. The life and the teachings, the death and the resurrection of Jesus have changed history. Changed history. Countless lives. Entire nations 
have been affected and transformed by the message of God's Son. Selah. So if entire nations can be changed, if entire nations can be transformed, if all of history can be hinged upon the coming of the Messiah 2,000 years ago. Because let me tell you something, the earth was around a lot longer than 2,000 years ago. It was around for at least 4,000 years and there very possibly could have been a pre-Adamic creation. I know I just opened a can of worms. But there could have been. Okay? Jesus, 2,000 years ago, comes and all of a sudden, the Son of God, all of history hinges around His coming. If He's got that kind of power, if He's got that kind of authority, if there's that kind of anointing in His life, and, and, and if He can create such, become the central figure of all Christianity, then don't you think we ought to pay attention to what He says? So God speaks to us through His voice. He speaks to us through His Son. And through His Son, Jesus is saying, this is who I am. This is what I desire for you. This is what I want for you. I want my best for you. So, uh, so when we listen to, to Jesus, what are, what are we listening to? We're listening to Him talk about the revelation of God. He talks to us about God. He talks to us about the kingdom of God. He talks to us about eternal life in Matthew chapter 7. And then in Mark chapter 4 and verse number 9, here's what the Bible said. Those of you that have ears to hear, hear. So you say, I'm going to teach you some things and I want you to hear it. And then the last thing I want to talk to you about tonight is that God speaks to us through His people. Did you know that God can speak to you just like God spoke to me through the little homeless Christian? God can speak to you through the person that's sitting beside you? Listen, if God can use Balaam's donkey, if God can use a donkey to speak, then God can use your friends and your neighbors. God can use people that you've never met. Okay? God is no respecter of persons. God's no respecter of donkeys. God's, no, God's just no respecter. He, God can speak to us through people. God can speak to us. And sometimes He speaks to us through prophets, and sometimes He speaks to us through counseling, and sometimes He speaks to us through conversation, and sometimes He speaks to us through, through just being around one another and, and circumstances that arise, things will begin to develop, and all of a sudden you'll, it's, it's like you'll be, be, all of a sudden you'll know what, what God's wanting. And so God speaks to us, through His people. The disciples were given the great commission. They were told, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out devils, speak with new tongues, and all of these kinds of... But the point that I'm trying to make is the Bible said that God spoke to the disciples and told them and told us, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. God was speaking to humanity to speak to humanity about the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
God could have got the message across through creation. God, God could have gotten the message across through His Word. God could have gotten the message across through His Son. But instead, He said, you know what? I'm going to use my finest creation. I'm going to use humanity. And I'm going to let them speak to each other and convince each other that they need to give their life to Jesus Christ. So God speaks to us through other people. Now let me say this. Sometimes God will even speak to you through your enemies. Not going down that road. God wants us to proclaim His praises. God wants us to proclaim His word. God wants us to proclaim His deed. God wants us to talk about what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so when we minister to people and we talk to people about the goodness of God and the grace of God and the love of God, then we are fulfilling the command of Jesus to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So I guess tonight my biggest challenge to us is let's become aware of the different ways that God speaks. God may be trying to speak to you. He may be trying to speak to you through His creation. He may be trying to speak to you through people. He may be trying to speak to you through His Word. God may be trying to speak to you through His Son. God might be trying to speak to us tonight. And what we need to do is we need to say, Okay, God, I'm open to hear whatever you want to say. There are many voices of God. There are many voices that God uses to speak to us loud and to speak to us clearly. The people that don't hear God are people who have shut their eyes closed their ears, and hardened their hearts. Those are the people that can't hear God. Now, God's not going to speak to you audibly. Chances are God will never speak to you audibly. I've heard the audible voice of God two times in my life. Only two times. The first was when God called me to the ministry when I was 11 years old. I preached my first message when I was 8, but when I was 11 years old, God struck me down at the altar at the Bible Holiness Assemblies of God Church in Neosho, Missouri, where B.P. Carroll was preaching a revival and David C. Branham was the pastor. And God struck me down between the altar and the pulpit and I fell to the earth about 11 o'clock at night and God spoke to me audibly and told me that I would spend my life taking the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. The second time that God spoke to me audibly was about 15 or 16 years ago, about 17 years ago now. Laying on the north fork of the Licking River in eastern Kentucky. Going through an extremely difficult time in my life. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I was walking in the woods along that river or creek bed, whatever you want to call it, and it started to rain and I fell in the mud. And I just laid there in the mud. And I said, God... And I, I wasn't suicidal, but I said, God, if you're done with me, take me home. Because where I want to be is with you. And I heard God speak my name. And he said these words, Jonathan, you can't change the past, but if you'll let it go, I'll give you a future. Now, God's not going to do that for everybody. God's not going to speak audible for everybody. Most of the time when God speaks to me, He speaks to me through His Word. There are times when God speaks to me when I'm praying for people and He lets me know. It's, it's, like, it's, it's, it comes, it, it's like the anointing comes upon me and I just know things and it's like I've just known them for all of my life. And that's the Word of Knowledge. 
and God will show me things. And I'm not trying to weird you out, but I know things about people in this church that they don't know that I know. And it's not because someone else talked to me, it's because the Lord talks. I'm your pastor. He wants me to help you. He's interested in you. And so sometimes He'll let me know things so I know better how to minister to you. That shouldn't weird you out. It should be make you feel loved. It should be like, wow, God, you do love me. You do care about me. So there's many different ways that God can speak to us. There's one thing that is required, and that's that we try to hear. We try to be available. We try to hear. You say, God, I want you to speak to me. God, I want you to open my ears so I can hear. We don't hear him with the hearing of the ear. We hear him as he speaks into our spirit and as he speaks into our soul. So tonight, here's what I want us to do. For the next couple of minutes, I want us to just stand. And I want Charles to just lead us in a little worship chorus. And I'm going to ask you to just open up your ears, your spiritual ears, your spirit, and just pray and say, Lord, speak to me. And you don't have to share what He speaks to you, but you're making yourself available for God to speak to you. So let's do that right now, okay? Come on, let's just lift our hands toward heaven and open up our spirit and bask in His presence and let Him speak to us. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.